Welcome to another episode of Sex on Shuffle, formerly on Shuffle with Cindy Lee. I'm your host, Cindy Lee, your succulent sexologist, using pop culture as teachable moments so that you can live your best life and stay ready. It's been a minute. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your patience. It clearly has not been business as usual for a few months now. Sending you love out there as you, as I, as we try to survive and thrive in the midst of a global pandemic. I wish you all peace and healing and a grieving process that's filled with love and care. Much gratitude to all of you as you are essential. Gratitude to those assisting in healing in transitioning and contributing to joy and pleasure in other people's lives, in your own life, whether it's yummy food, whether it's homemade masks or signs on your front lawn. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you being exactly how you are, where you are at this moment. You are enough, period. May we continue to exist. May we continue to give grace when needed, even to ourselves. Yes, things will not be the same. That's true. But let's keep it a buck, right? Like it hasn't been rainbows and puppies frolicking in the meadows. We've had to collectively deal with COVID-19 and its impact. But you already know, white supremacy, don't sleep. It has been business as usual when it comes to systemic, structural shit, all types of oppression. I think about all the black and brown, disabled, working class, working poor, folks who have experienced loss or who we have lost because or due to inequitable access to health care. We're dealing with anxiety. We're dealing with struggling with our own finances, with our families, with juggling, raising children and learning new skills. We're struggling with witnessing how the government is handling this crisis. All the while, we're still witnessing our Black siblings being executed. Let's call it for what it is. We continue to lose people at the hands of white terrorism, uh, toxic masculinity, police brutality, xenophobia. We have lost people while in the midst of this crisis. We've lost folks like Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Nina Pop and as recent as this week with George Floyd, and I'm sure countless others that are not being named in mass media, may we continue to speak their names and lift them up. (sighs) Thank you. So as you can see, or something that I've learned very young, is that the only thing constant in life is change, right? You've seen with everything that's going on, clearly, but you also see and notice that I've changed the name of my podcast. It's now Sex on Shuffle. I'm gonna keep it real. At first, I was really apprehensive about adding sex in the title of the show. I have fear of censorship because I've seen my colleagues dealing with some bullshit when it comes to SESTA and FOSTA. I have fear that putting sex would be too limiting and what does that mean? But that's how our inner hater works, right? I sat with myself. I had to have a come to self moment, right? A one-on-one with my inner hater and really took a a thought self-assessment and reflected on how much of that fear and that doubt was co-created, right? Or was created limitations between me and my inner hater. So I had to have a one-on-one and really sit with and reflect 
and yes, talk to my inner hater because she is I and I am she. <laughs> so here we are, sex on shuffle. So I mentioned and brought up some some heavy things into this space. I just want to give you the permission to feel them, give you the permission to just breathe, and also giving you the transition. We're, we're going to focus a lot on joy and pleasure for this episode. On this episode, I talked to my homie, my chosen family, Lisa. You may know her as Afro Magic. We became friends a few years ago. We've actually met at a conference, uh, the first ABSC conference in Philly, Association of Black Sexologists and Clinicians. And we've been friends ever since. So here for this episode, we talk about some of the beauty that is being created in the midst of this fuck shit. We mostly dive into our favorite verses. I'll let you guess what that is as the episode progresses. And we also mention some of the other magic that the interwebs has offered to us. So thank you. Shout out to all the creators out there, whether you're creating right now or not. I can't fathom what we would be doing had there not been art and music and the beauty of creativity in all of the things that exist in this world. So you'll see that the recording actually starts with us getting right into a conversation. Like we're chatting it up already. And it's because I actually hit record in the midst of us talking about um, all the background noise, right? I was hearing birds singing on her side and my side. And I was like, it sounded like we were the opening of, you know, a Disney film. (laughs) Um, And to keep it real, like Disney would be so lucky, right? To be honest. On to the show. Enjoy the conversation that I have with my good friend, Lisa of Afro Magic. (laughs) Nature. And the birds are like... I could go full mini Ripperton. I mean, come on. Cause you're beautiful. That's hilarious. <laughs> See, I try to hit that high note in private, in private though. <laughs> oh, dude. I used to be able to when I was like 19 and having regular like voice lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I mean, it wasn't like Mariah quality, mm-hmm. but I could do it. I had a, I, had a I believe range. you. Yeah. I had a range back in the day. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it's there. I know it's still there. Oh, no, no, no. I'm all like Della Reese. And... <laughs> <laughs> you shot me in my pinky. Oh, my. Nose. I yeah. knew you was going to do that. <laughs> that's an achievement unlocked though i mean it is actually it is and i'm grateful i really am grateful i wish that i uh, owned a a bordello in harlem Mm. sorta sorta Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) at the very least that could be like a themed party or play party Oh, right. See, we gonna have a Harlem bordello. Come you on. Talk, you know how to talk to me. I got a corset. I see it. I do too. I see it. Make it so, number one. Let's do it. <laughs> 
We need party promoters. We need someone doing event coordination. Um, we we are just idea generators up in this bitch. It's true. It's true. And, you know, once we can mingle, we mm-hmm. have plenty of time to, to plan such a thing because I'm feeling like we're not really going to be able to mingle in that way until at least summer of 2021 or later. <sighs> not to be, you know, Della Downer. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to have, like, Safe and happy bordello kinky parties. I'm inspired though, because I feel like I too think that we're going to be inside for a little bit and, you know, the shift is absolutely happening. But um, I see it like, I feel like the next behind the velvet rope, we can theme it to Harlem. I can put a background that looks like, like the bar. With a barking, right? And then we could just, then you can reveal the corset to everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can do that virtually. (laughs) You can see it on Facebook. (laughs) Don't play because I'll add it on the pod notes. I'll I'll be like, hey. You could. The receipt. we'd We'd have to get permission or you could just blur out everybody else. But we're all four of us in corsets at a the party of, of one known to all of us at a, at a play party. And so, you know, I'm all about mm-hmm. it. You could put that up there. My mama ain't going to listen to this. It's fine. <laughs> we need, like, I wish it was either a cam house or I had a camera crew. Cause I feel most of the conversations we have should have been recorded for the archives. You know, it's funny. pretty amazing. You saying that though, the cam house piece, we should have mm-hmm. a retreat like that mm. where it's like a cam house type situation, mm-hmm. but what it is that you're tuning in to see is growth and transformation and affirmation and sometimes sex too, if that's, you know, what happens? That's part of healing. Like, look, that's a kink. Growth and healing and like all this love and hugs and restoration. That's I'm going to I think we can make an OnlyFans off of that. That's pretty genius. I mean, the the woman that that does the cam house that I know about is still making money and still. Mm. So, you know, I think it's possible, especially now. Well, now that everybody's pivoting and staying home is the thing, yeah, we should talk about that. I'm glad that um, you're recording, whether this gets on the podcast or not, because that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. If this if this gets on the recording, I need to put this out loud that I will put Lisa's. Uh, payment information myself because if somebody does this let's collab but if you take this idea I think you need ties and offerings 100% yeah like I I want break me off like I don't even have to have anything to do with it but break me off something (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see you got it idea fees something something
And I don't think that this is capital. I don't think it's tacky Mm-mm. and I don't, I don't think it's problematic. You know, there have been some folks, I guess, complaining about everybody mm. putting up their Venmos and their cash apps and, and all of that. And I'm like, you know, I hear you. And that's that hater voice in your head. Mm-hmm. You can't listen to, mm-hmm. it, you know, and to like tap into that. So why is that giving you discomfort? Right. Like why, why does it bother you? You don't have to give nobody nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not about, mm-hmm. it's not, and, and especially it's not about begging, right? It's about like, right. this is something that this is content is something that is, is happening that you're enjoying or being entertained by, or, you know, made to think or change you in some way. Mm-hmm. I would be happy to have you at a webinar wherever I am some, you know, but it ain't, that's not what's happening right now. People are losing mm-hmm. their livelihood. So yeah, I, I don't want to let that hater. Cause that's the first thing I was like, Oh, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe it is tacky. It's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I get people having discomfort around that, but it's really like, where's your discomfort around money? Cause I know I've had that for sure. Cause no one's mandating you. It's if spirit moves you, if you are led to be like, you know what, that was a gem. And rather than me just repost it or repurpose it and quote somebody, because that's that's a thing, too. To me, that's a way of uh, honoring it. But you can also honor it with some coin, especially right now that folks are losing their jobs or their gigs or, you know, it's hard out in these streets for folks who were so used to doing person to person in order for them to, you know, survive. It's true. And, you know, I really, and this is actually a a good segue to what we're supposedly going to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm loving how generous certain artists and um, creative people and musicians, et cetera, are making themselves available to us. You know, you always could tweet back and forth or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but um, these IG lives, these little tiny, you know, concerts or talks or rituals, even Yeye Tesh mm-hmm. that wrote Jambalaya did uh, an online worldwide abundance ritual this week. Oh, that's dope. For, for like a donation, but for free that you could just like go to and be with her and listen to her. And, and, you know, I think surely, you know, she's been doing little things here and there, but 18 months ago, I don't think that that would be a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, being able to see Questlove and DJ nice and uh, Timberland and uh, Chris, what's his face from Coldplay and, Patrick Stewart reading Shakespeare, you know, like I'm really, I love it. I love it. I do. And it's really making me, cause you know me personally and you know that I'm not about sharing shit on social media. Mm -hmm. I'm really not that person, but someone younger than me said to me last year, she was like, you know, this is the new intimacy it's a mm. new kind of intimacy. And when she said that, it really, it touched me. I felt it. I got, I got it. But now it's really being shown and felt 
the connections that are possible with social media and with the internet. So, you know, I wasn't a Luddite or anything, but I'm, I'm starting to be more typically Aquarius and, and really love it. Are you getting, are you getting your life enjoying stuff like that? I think it's interesting because I don't realize, I didn't realize how separate we've been because, you know, you and I, regardless of how much we post, we are very active on the interwebs. So I didn't realize that there are still folks who feel like that that's not the quote unquote real world, right? Like I remember going to grad school over a decade ago and that was the conversation, right? Like what is the real world or how do we, um, conceptualize the internet and the world wide web to really, you know, understand that it's a reality. And I didn't think that that was still how folks moved. And it just shows when we are in our niches and we're in our circles, it just feels quote unquote normal and the general understanding. And now it's like, oh, people are uh, getting frustrated or anxious that they have to go from being, you know, a person to person teacher or having to work in the office to now having to connect and dialogue with folks on the internet. And I'm like, but this has been a thing, but it's good. It's good to see the shift. And it, it shows that more and more people are getting on board and understanding that our possibilities are endless when we include the ways for us to connect globally. Like they, we can connect with people that I might never, ever see unless I actually travel to wherever they're at. Oh, Right. Or like um, being able to see a Broadway show, which I all, I mean, I have, of course, you know, on TV or whatever, but there are certain things that you're never going to get to see on TV, or at least not for 10 years or, or, or 15 years. And TV, that ages me, even that I said it like that, you know, but to get to see, I know a lot of people are into Hamilton, like you can see Hamilton. In fact, they're putting it on Disney Plus or something, I think, uh, this week. Um, but also mm-hmm. being able to see museums that you would have to travel to a different continent to see, you know, um, that you might not have, ever have the money. I've never gotten off the continent. I've been to other countries, but never off the continent. And I could go to something in Paris or something in Amsterdam. And I think that's amazing. And, you know, I have clients myself people that I read for that I've never met that are in other countries and being able to connect with them intimately at personally one-on-one as well is something that, you know, I think is beautiful. And I mean, like you were saying, you and my friendship, I feel like we haven't seen each other more than 20 times physically. Mm-hmm. But we've and that's spent- generous. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But we spend so much time together, working together, doing things like this together, talking and mm-hmm. laughing. And uh, it's a new thing. And I, I, I admit I was the person that was like, if you can't come to my house, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if we can't like that's real. physically be in each other's presence, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if I would have... Would, I don't know if I would have a long distance relationship. Like right now, the one thing I am missing, even though I'm getting my life in all these digital ways, I miss hugs and I miss physical, you know, contact. 
So I don't know. I'm fascinated to see what pop culture and literature and art are going to um, have as their reflection of this time in three years, five years, 10 years, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because I was going to say, you know, it's the both end, right? It's understanding that, okay, I can see and understand and, and move when it comes to being virtual, but I want touch. And the fact that I can hold both of those and be like, yes, I want touch, but that's not something that would be in my best interest right now, at least for anybody that's outside of this household. Yeah. Um, and with that, you know, I've heard, I've read and heard so many people talking about, like, if we think about the renaissances, right, the movements that we've had among plagues and disastrous times uh, to keep in mind, like all the things that are keeping us whole are the, the writers, the creators, the musicians, oh, the artwork. Yeah. Keeping us whole and also bearing witness. and then being the, you know, sort of historian of telling that story. I just read this beautiful article about modernist writers being affected by the Spanish flu of 1918. Mm -hmm. So a novel like Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf really has, the author was saying, you know, really has this energy of the flu and, and the melancholy that comes after it, which is reflected actually in people that are recovering from COVID. Um, they're already starting to see like, there's this melancholy, this, uh, sadness or something that has to do with recovering from being that sick, you know? Um, it's fascinating. It's really, really fascinating and really interesting. And it's not only time for the artists and, the writers and the singers, I think it's also time, the time for uh, elders and it's a time mm. for um, priests and priestesses and witches and spiritual folk and people who think of themselves as light workers. It's really all hands on deck. And the one that lives in the White House and his cronies might want you to believe <laughs> that money is the most important thing that's happening here. That business, oh my God, you can't go to Old Navy. You know, like that's the most Mm -hmm. important thing that's happening, but it's really not. And we were already polishing the brass on the Titanic. You feel me? Mm. So now there's an opportunity for you to, I'm not saying live in poverty or get rid of all your shit. If, I mean, you know, if that looks like that for you, be great. But what I'm saying is go to work, do what you have to do, but realize that there's other levels to life, to living. And we need that. We need art classes for the kids. We need to have things like Erica and Jill on IG live. We need to have Angela Davis and Nikki Giovanni in conversation on, on the internet. Like we need all that. We need all that. That's that's how this is how we're going to get through it. This is how we're going to survive. This is how we're going to learn. I'm sorry. I just went on a little rant, but no, no, no. I'm here for all of that. And I think it's a good segue. I I also want to leave space like let's have that conversation because I do. I want to talk about Erica and Jill and I want to talk a little bit. You know, I want to talk about 
the Angela Davis, right? And the Nikki mm-hmm. Giovanni being on Facebook Live <laughs> and understanding the depth, right? And the power. And I don't know how Facebook didn't shut down. Um, but I also want to hold a little space for you and to tell folks that are listening who just now have had the pleasure and the honor to to bear witness to the greatness who are you <laughs> oh wow right the most important part who the <laughs> hell am i even to rant about things like that so i'm a witch and i am a sex educator comprehensive and pleasure based thank you i am a tarot interpreter and medium, though that word, I I don't know about that word, but it'll do, I guess. I don't know. I talk to dead people and people that you can't see. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes they talk to you without consent. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes they, they, yeah. Sometimes it's all in my face, whatever. So whatever word that is, and I like, I'm an educator generally. I, I'm not, I don't just teach about uh, witchcraft and spirituality and sex. You know, I taught other things too and have a background in reproductive justice and reproductive health. I'm a huge proponent for empowered birth practices. I don't know. I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I'm a mom of, of two adult people and two cats. Big deal. Big, big, big deal. I think the cats are the biggest deal of everything I've said, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) At least if you ask them. Right. The one that's sitting here with me. Yeah. According to her, (laughs) she's the most important one. Yes. So Lisa is my long, long time homie. We've known each other for a few years. We met in the field. It has been a blessing to, to know her and be connected to her. You know, with everything going on, we always have conversations. And I know for me, I've been more, I've been trying to be less stingy around what, what we put out there, what we share. And sometimes it's out of, you know, oh, people know this stuff already, or people don't really want to hear from me, right? Like a lot of that negative self-talk. And I feel like I, I do that with friends too. And I don't want to be stingy, right? So I feel like I have to share the glory to other folks who do not have access or did not know. I love you. I feel exactly the same way about you. I feel like, you know, people need to know. And that's abundance, right? Like that's part of it. You you Mm -hmm. can't. You can't just hang on to to your stuff. You have to share it and, and show people and not hoard it communally. Yeah, I'm very, very blessed to know you. Absolutely. We so cute. All oh, this tender, tender love. <laughs> I love your hands, girl. You know I do. Lord knows I do. Let's just get back into some of the greatness that we've been seeing, all the gifts that we've had access to while being in this I don't even know what the right word for it, for the isolation or, you know, being safe and staying in the house. I know my lover right now is listening to Kate Trinata. Kate Trinata is a DJ that um, is on IG Live right now. And we actually were supposed to go see him. Oh, yeah. I think I gave that to her as a Valentine's gift to go see him in D.C. in June. And now she gets to see him from the comfort of her home, which is, you know something right because we that got canceled asap and aside from other things i think 
trips and conferences and opportunities and gigs, that has shifted. So with the conversation that we're having now, what are some, what are like two of the most enjoyable either that have happened already or that you're looking forward to that you've been able to enjoy being that, you know, shifts have happened with COVID-19? Honestly, the big one, it just happened this last weekend for Mother's Day weekend. And it was Erica Badu and Jill Scott in a versus, which I think is, it's Timberland and Swizz Beat that's doing it, right? I think so. Yes. Doing the versuses. And I, <laughs> I might cry. Like it, it, it really touched me and moved me. And so like Erica, oh, Erica. And you know, problematic. Some people have canceled her. Mm-hmm. The shit that comes out of her mouth that she ain't thinking about what she's saying when she's saying it. But the music, my God, the music. The music has, when I tell you, Mama's Gun saved my life more than once. More than once. That album and, and connecting to the lyrics on many songs on that album. I was 36 mm-hmm. when I got that album and she was 36 when she was writing the shit. And um, mm. ooh, yeah, so I was already Team Erica. It's not that I Mm. wish Jill ill or any of that, but I have never really been a fan of Jill Scott because, well, I mean, you know, it's two different kinds of feminine energy. And I am way more aligned with Erica's general kind of feminine energy minus, you know, some of the more. (laughs) Minus some of the more uh, neoconservative points of view that she may or may not have had. You know, I might be an orange moon, but not because I'm shining in the light of somebody's sun or whatever. But that's listen. And that was my jam. (laughs) And then you're listening and you're listening and you're understanding like the five percenter language. And I'm like, wait, what? Huh? Right. Right. But even a stop clock is right twice a day. Right. So there was so much that I processed with her. And with Jill, Jill's music is way more couples oriented, hetero couple oriented. And it's not that Erica's isn't, but Erica's when she's writing about her heart being broken or something about some man, she's telling you how she feels about it. She is centered in what's happening. And Jill is not always so much like that. You know, Mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. she's old school in that Billie Holiday. Look, you came home and you smell like another woman, but here's some grits and some loving, baby. Damn. Kind of song. (laughs) Yes, I feel like they're both, there are different flavors of the same, like, respectability pie. Yes, yes. You know, we got a little faux teppy and then we got a little... You know, respectable black femme goes to church on Sundays, right? Like that's the avatar in my head. Yes, yes. And with the both end, because I've seen Jill perform and Jill will fillet the shit out of a microphone and do things to my spirit. But, you know, they both have had problematic instances, but it just shows, you know, I think the more I go through healing and evolve and, and I'm not to cape for anybody, but we are all someone's problematic fave. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's 
complicated and we so often are pitched. And again, this is capitalism, right? What we are sold as Erica Badu or sold as Jill Scott comes up mm-hmm. against when they speak for themselves. You know, it's that whole Dixie chick shut up and sing. Mm-hmm. Like y'all are cute and blonde and everything. And you can have your little goodbye Earl, but for the most part, shut up and sing about what you're supposed to sing about. And when they're like, no, war, shut the fuck up. And so, yeah, like, I love what you, you said, the respectability pie, and it's like two different slices. It absolutely is. And both of them can help any of us transform, feel, grow, believe, have faith in, worship with, rejoice of, you know? And so I say all that, you know, not glory Jill stuff to say that watching her for three hours interact with her friend and play her music from her point of view for us made me a Jill Scott fan. And I'm now going to listen to things that I wouldn't have listened to. Mm-hmm. Because I, I saw who she was and not necessarily wholly who we're sold as her. Yeah, because the perception plays a part and the ability that we had that intimate time, right? Sometimes, you know, we might get a little bit of that intimacy when we see them perform, but not everybody has 200 plus dollars because both of them, you know, at least in my experience, has not been in the most inexpensive way to connect with them. I think I cried at least twice in that to see the the community right and the intimacy and that it literally was like a showcase of divine femininity and just being like this isn't a competition even though you know I I wouldn't knock anybody I've, I've read a lot of things they were like oh Erica won and no doubt but they they both played some of my favorite songs and to hear the background information, like the the beginning when Jill Scott was talking about how she did not write for anyone she didn't write yet. And then she was able to write for Erica and how, how big of a deal that was and how she was terrified and was like, I'm not going to write this. Like, I'm not going to do this and put it out there when they, when we're talking about, uh, you got me with that feature with the roots and then to hear that recording of the live at Bowery in New York City, and I've heard that live before, but just to hear that background story of, you know, Erica Badu was in traffic and she was stuck and they were like, all right, Jill, you're going to have to come out there and not really telling us, like, I, I don't remember knowing that she wrote that and that she was terrified and for her to talk about like how her voice shook And I never realized that because I didn't have that background. I didn't have that context. And it was just so powerful, especially for somebody like me who sometimes has that caution and that anxiety of like, you know, trying to push through that fear and do shit anyway. Right. It was just really powerful. Incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like, I have seen Erica once and I was taken. I didn't even pay for the tickets. It was it was a gift from somebody. Blessing. Right. And and my leg is broken right now. If if Jill and Erica had had a concert, I couldn't even have gone. <laughs> because 
My leg is broken, you know? So it's, it's accessible. It's intimate, but I, I, that was beautiful. You know, that you, yeah, it's like you can be changed by someone's art by someone's gift mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their story. And it just, it's a testament of going back to what we were talking about. Like that gold that's within you, let that shit out, share that shit. Cause you don't know how pivotal that can be to someone. Yeah. Pivotal. Absolutely. I mean, and it, like I said, mama's gun saved my life. It is pivotal. I was real young when it first came out and I loved Erica from Jump and Jill from Jump. But to hear the music again and to get nostalgia from it, not only like, oh, when I was a young person, but also when I like the relationships that the relationship memories that are attached to some of these songs. Right. Like I played Slowly Surely from Jill Scott on repeat with some of the, you know, fuck people situationships I've had in my life. And I was like, "Mm." and it's also like, wow, like I'm not there anymore. And isn't that a freaking blessing? And it was just so soothing. I, I was watching the live uninterrupted. I wasn't even doing anything else. We put it on the TV because it just felt good. It was just a good way to have a chill weekend and forget for a moment that 2020 is a motherfucking dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and heal for a second, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're not actively having that stress, like when you can have these moments of restoration of, you know, energy, it can make all the difference. And I'm really glad that it's something that you can still see you know, and, and go back and revisit it on YouTube and get your life from it. Even if you couldn't comment, which I did. And I, and I'm like, I felt ridiculous at first, like commenting, but then fuck it, <laughs> you know, like why not? why not? And that was another thing too, to take it a little even further, looking at the comments, there were so many celebrities and yeah. uh, other artists in the the comments, fangirling and fanboying, and and just being that Snoop in particular was really making me laugh and giving me life. That he's just like dancing and jamming and please have a concert together and feeling it, you know. That was a big deal. I know a lot of people were bigging up the fact that Michelle Obama was on there and she was making uh, requests, right? Like she was singing Green Eyes in the comments. And I'm like, I hope they play Green Eyes. I know it's long, but that is like a game changer. And to show it, it felt like an opportunity to show the humanity, right? That we all look up to these folks, no matter where we are in our courses of life. Like some of these folks shifted, our trajectories, right? Some of those artists are probably where they are now because they were inspired by the music that was made by these two women. Absolutely. And and Green Eyes is one of the songs in particular that um, I was just like, that kept me alive. Like, Mm. you know, um, having had a very complicated relationship with my ex-husband and that whole thing it don't have nothing to do with you you and your new friend mm-hmm. the first time I heard that song I was actually he it, I was in the middle of there was an affair happening and um 
it was exactly like that. And the process and also mm. the idea of jealousy, insecurity, but also and knowing that something's not good for you and not healthy for you and having a hard time letting go, which she says in another song, you know, be, talking about being a Pisces. But when she loves, she tends mm-hmm. to cling. And my Venus is in Pisces. And that is mm. absolutely an issue that has been an issue in my life, clinging to people and situations. And this is not just true of romantic relationships, but friendships and other things too. Clinging to people and situations that aren't good for you and, and you need to let go of. And knowing that there was somebody else out there. Not that you don't know that other people don't go through what you go through, but when someone speaks to you know, your specific, and this is just the power of music anyway, but speaks to your specific moment in an eloquent way that you might not have the words for because you're in too much pain. And so when Michelle Obama was like green eyes, I'm like, Oh, you know about green eyes? Oh, right. Like, <laughs> tell me more, like, tell me more about why that's your jam right. too. Like, I'm like, tell me that story. Right. And hope that it ain't Barry. that's that's trifling in that story you know right um and I said Barry on purpose but (laughs) you know yeah it just here's another thing right Jill and Erica are of a certain age so Mm. this idea of mother maiden and crone or maiden mother and crone and both of them being in the mother stage so it wasn't simply you know, they're beautiful women and they, they're they artists and they have these gifts and they have this stuff to, to share and they're mothers of their own children in real life. But the function of such a thing, right, if, mm. if we were living culturally in a more what I consider to be a more evolutionarily appropriate community way, like there's too many of us for it now, but the community, the function that Erica and Jill were serving for the community for real was beautiful. And there's a lot of gravity and weight to that. And, you know, I ain't hating on Teddy Riley. I mean, a little (laughs) baby face or whatever, but the vibe was not that maybe a little more from baby face, but the vibe, you know, was not that. And so I think energetically Jill and Erica served that purpose to give us some healing, to give us some nurturing, to hold us in as a community, as people in ways that we needed to be held together. Yeah. The, the timing, it was perfect considering everything that's going on. And it, it's not lost on me that it was the weekend of the full moon where it, right. it felt very emotionally heavy like a lot of release that weekend. Right. So I, I want to go back to, you know, cause to me, that's a big deal. Cause we've talked about Jill Scott, right. We've had conversations and you're like, eh, it's, you know, like, I mean, be great, but I'm not writing, you know, a letter home. Right. What was one of like, what was the song that you were like, Oh, okay. Or was it just listening to the, the whole experience that were like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to consider having a listen. Well, some of it was, I always knew she had a beautiful voice mm-hmm. and, you know, was a good, was great. But I, I didn't, I didn't quite realize how powerful, versatile, 
interesting, old school her voice was. You know, I really got some sort of old school, you know, Anthony Hamilton-esque church vibes Mm -hmm. coming off of her. And since we lost Whitney, Mm. I feel like that space that not just Jill, but other people are, you know, fulfilling. But that and then I had forgotten that she had done that song with Mose. Or Yasin Bey. Mm. I think she implied that there's a song with her and Anthony Hamilton that I definitely want to hear because I'm all about that Anthony Hamilton life too. The appreciation that Jill had for her her session musician. You know, I've been singing. I used to play the piano. I have been involved in bands and and was classically trained and all of that. And there's a subset of musicians that make it all happen that never get shout outs Mm -hmm. because it's always the vocalist or whatever, you know? So I really appreciate that she was talking about, oh, this is that guitar player. And, and my God, Roy Ayers on uh, Mm Eric. But that's another conversation. But, you know, Jill just, she was so gracious and whatnot. I still might not necessarily want to have dinner with her, you know, but I'm going to listen to, she she just, she kind of reminds me of, like, some of my mama's friends. Mm, So it's activating. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit like, mm. but... But that's that's my problem. That's not Jill's problem. There's nothing to say nothing about Jill. That's me. It's all my shit. But <laughs> it's an opportunity yeah. to pour love in those little spaces. Like, huh? I didn't know. It's healing. Yeah. It's healing. It's healing. I I see her in a new light, and I also appreciate the conversation that the two of them had because people do pit them against each other. Always. It's kind of that whole. Uh, Elvis or the Beatles kind kind of conversation mm-hmm. where it's like, are you a Jill or an Erica? And it's not; it doesn't even have to be like that. Like you can Word. be Jill, hang out with Erica, and it's all good. Especially now. And I thought it was beautiful because they're always put against each other, and then this versus happens, and this is one of the only verses where it didn't feel like a battle at all. And even when they joked, like when Jill at toward the end played, "Is it the way you love me, baby?" Mm-hmm. And Erica brought her kids out, and they were all together, oh, and she was so like, beautiful. "You dirty bitch." <laughs> And I was like, word, word. Like that was a move. Oh, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't verses at all. And I don't, I didn't even understand the point because, and I said this to a friend of mine, she's been watching all the lives or all the, the verses and being excited about it. And when I first heard about the Teddy Riley baby face thing, I actually thought they were going to sing. Mm. And I was here for that. I was like, oh, they're going to sing. And then I showed up and really they're just like playing their own music. I was like, what the hell? Right, right. What? Some people felt that about this too. I mean, a little, if they hadn't given, yeah. you know, and if I didn't have such a personal connection to Erica's music too. For sure. A little, yeah. But then both of them sang a little bit. Watching Jill get off on her own shit. Mm. (laughs) It was a little sexual. I had feelings. I had a lot of feelings. It was a lot. Like, it was a, there was an energy that was just palpable. And I was like, don't be dirty. And those, like, they're fine to me, right? Like, they are everything. And just like, just chill too. Like, I'm just going to be here. 
looking, having wine at my desk. <laughs> and, you know, I, I fuck with Erica Badu and the entrepreneurial side because she's like, yeah, I'm going to have all this set up. And then after we're having an after party yeah. live yeah. and come join. Right. And, and I'm like, I fuck with y'all. buy the stuff. And, you know, I had a, on right. that note just a little bit. I had the thought, I wondered, because, you know, I'm thinking about who's showing up for these things. And none of these people are like hurting, hurting for money. But at the same time, you know, I know, and you know, most, maybe a lot of other people don't, but a lot of these artists, most of their money comes from touring, comes from concerts, comes from that stuff. And so I know with Erica having however many kids and maybe even a grandchild now, she, you know, it's, it's about coin and her needing coin and she needed cheddar, and I understood that looking for cheese, that don't make her a hood rat, right? Woo! Like, I didn't feel like it was like that. I felt like it was a mom. I feel like Erica's a mom doing the best that she can for her family and for her own life. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, mm-hmm. having a level of lifestyle, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to live in the house that Cardi B just bought. You feel me? I've seen... That don't even look like a house. <laughs> right, right. Right. Like um, Jamie Foxx actually did yesterday on his story, a moment where he was singing Grandma's Hands by Bill Withers, which mm. check that out because, yeah, this, it's awesome and Definitely. sexy and all the things. But anyway, the backdrop of where Jamie was singing, I'm assuming is his home. I wouldn't want to live in a house like that. And Erica lives in, mm. in Dallas. And I don't know mm-hmm. what the house looks like, but from what he, her content shows, the background, that's a house I would want to live in with wood floors mm-hmm. and like home. It feels like a real place. And so I feel like she's a mom doing the best that she can to just live. And I don't, I, I don't hate on that at all. I don't want to buy shit, you know, mm-hmm. she's got these beautiful leg cuffs. I know she's collaborating with different artisans in different countries in Africa. Awesome. That's on the website. And there's these beautiful leg cuffs with cowrie shells and whatnot. I was like, see, yes, please. <laughs> Take my Right. Money. Like you're going to get all my right. coin. My Absolutely. Money. And that, that is consumption that I feel like is ethical, that I feel like isn't conspicuous, that I feel like is... For me, in my life, worth more than an ice cream colored Lambo to me. Oh, for sure. It's in alignment with your values, for sure. Right, right. I don't know if that's where we were going with that, but that's where I <laughs> I mean, look, that's why the fuck this is called on shuffle anyway. Cause, and uh, and this is not throwing shade to Cardi, right? Like that's, At if all. you want to live in a crib like that, be great. Like you work your ass off. Congratulations. That's, you know, that's not my ministry. It, right. No, it, it, that's not my lane. That's not my lane. And I love Cardi, by the way. No hate at all on Cardi. Cardi gives me life. I can't wait for her to come back and, and show Megan the Stallion what time it is. <laughs> are you giving, are you like giving a versus suggestion? Because it sounds like you, you putting them together. A little, a little bit. <laughs> and I, I fuck with Megan too. too. Like if... if my playlist, because like the playlist that I have when it comes to joyful movement, if I'm trying to shake my ass and get some energy moving, it's mostly them two living my best life. 100%. And I just love that it's it's weird. You know, we are so steeped in the binary of masculine mm. and feminine. And the thing that I love so much about Cardi and Megan and Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown and the brat, you know, is this 
I don't even want to say masculine because that's not, I don't know, but it's, it's this rawness, this, this unabashed, unafraid, fuck you kind of energy to, to them that makes me happy. That makes me feel like, (laughs) yeah, it's unapologetic. It feels like to me, it feels divine because yes. it's like a fusion. It's yes. I'm not it's suppressing energy. either side of me. It's goddess energy. Ashe. And, you know, people talk about Beyonce and Oshun and forget that Oshun carries a knife under those skirts that she seduces Oof. you with and she will cut you. There's this fierceness. It's like um, we, you know, dismiss death and things that are of death. But it's not a coincidence that Oya is the marketplace and also because it's, mm-hmm, it's fierceness, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's alive. It's the strength to push out a baby and keep working or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and then to fiercely protect that baby. The both end. Or whatever you care about. If babies aren't your ministry, you know? Right, right. Um, I love the way you say that. But that fierceness, that's, I love it. And I do, th- I think it's necessary. It's sexual. It's warrior. Warrior goddess energy. Mm. Oh, I love that shit. So I would love to see Megan and Cardi collaborate. And I didn't say Nikki. I should say Nikki. I I, I really, it's not that I, I, I'm weird about Nikki. It's like, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just, I really don't ever listen. I've never really listened to her. So I, I don't know. Mm, I really mm-hmm. don't know. But people, so I, but I feel like I should say it because, you know, yeah. respectful. Yeah. And it, it's not uncommon that you see when it comes to women artists, it's always a, you got to be either or. Right. You can't be both. Right. You got to hate one or not fuck with the other. Right. And it's like, nah, why can't we like all of this and be like, I want everybody to be great with the caveats of, you know, having issues around whatever cancellations or whatever qualms you have around some of the things that they do outside of the music. A hundred percent. And, you know, there's too much content. There's too much stuff in the world. So it's not like, I don't know, man, you can't protest everybody all day, every day. You just, you can't, you, you just can't. And sometimes you're going to, you're going to listen to Michael Jackson or Drake or whatever. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's complicated. That's another show altogether. I just keep thinking about, and I I need you to listen to Anthony Hamilton and Jill Scott because it's everything. And also now that I heard that story when Jill Scott was like, oh, Anthony Hamilton used to have to cut my hair when he was on tour. I I was like, if that's not peak, Black excellence, like, yes, of course. Of course that happened. Of course you have that story. I didn't even have a moment of not believing and not, like, being like, yeah, like you. I I just thought, of course he did. And I could see it. I could see it in my head, him standing there with the toothpick in his mouth, edging her up. (laughs) I saw it. (laughs) And I love that they shouted out the Hamiltones because I also am here for the Hamiltones. Yes. Black excellence. There's so much sexy. Mm, mm. 
there, there was so much love and shout outs and producers and hope, you know, I was Googling people. I was like, who is that? Oh, that's what's up. They're shouting people oh, yeah. out so that to know that it's more than just these singers, but it's a whole it took a village literally to make this magic and to make this historical music. It's a legacy that all these folks who contributed to. It's spell casting as well. Mm, because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. believe, especially you listen to Miles Davis or, or bird and some of Thelonious, some of those dudes and pe- people, just whoever. And like when they get in that space, to me, it feels like channeling. Mm-hmm. Trance like. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and frankly, I, be- I really do believe that, you know, there's the whole Carlos Santana with the Archangel Metatron conversation. And he was like, Metatron came to me. And that's where that album. Yeah, I think it's supernatural. And that that came from somewhere else. You know, um, a lot of those, some of those guys will talk about it. Jimmy Page talks about it, but Jimmy Page openly practiced magic. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, it is, it is. Everybody's not. It's not like that all the time. It's just like the difference between having sex and doing sex magic. Right? Mm-hmm. You know? The intention behind the it. Intention, or lighting a match and lighting a bonfire. It's all fire, but it's a different thing. And so I'm not saying that Cardi B is necessarily channeling from some greater other dimension, although maybe, maybe a little I bit. mean, it's possible. I mean, I haven't fact-checked. I haven't fact-checked the memes, but there's memes that are of her with, like, altars behind her, and you see the altar, and you see, like, the candle with mad coins, and I was like, yes, I see you. All right. Right. What I was going to say was just looking at her meteoric rise was the energy around Mm. that was a little... that I I had questions. I had questions. So maybe a little, but that's a different thing than, than what I'm saying in terms of actually channeling that into the music instead of channeling that into wealth, which is all, all is again, right. whatever your ministry is, it's all legitimate. But yeah, Erica and even Jill, I think are, are, and Anthony too. I mean, when Anthony sings, I hear my grandfather's voice. Ooh. I feel my grandfather's energy. I smell my grandfather's smells. I'm sitting next to, to him in church on a pew Mm. Sunday watching the women get happy around me. You know what I mean? Like his Mm. Anthony, Anthony Jacob Banks is another one that I feel like when they sing, I hear my ancestors, you know, Mm. Mm -hmm. that little group, that little rap group, Oshun is like that too, where it's like, that's, that's from somewhere else. That's something else. But you know, what's that little Wayne song? Mrs. Cop. Miss Cop, Lady Cop, what <laughs> that song is. I don't know. I don't feel like that necessarily came from a higher place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's respectability politics on my part. And Lil Wayne is a priest and I just don't know it. Could be right. Like- and a, it's a different um, lane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's possible. I mean, even now, I just saw, you know, because Megan Thee Stallion has a remix with Beyonce. Yeah, and a lot of people are circulating this like old interview with Megan when they were like 
you know, she was on a radio station in Houston. Who would you want to perform with? And she immediately was like Beyonce and just another testament to like, you got something you want to go set for it, manifest the shit out of that. Right. That's what they always say that it's a flow. There's an energetic flow and there's the collective unconscious, especially when we're talking about cultural things like music and stuff like that. It's the, it's what's in the collective unconscious. For sure. You know, when they're, when it's time for old town road, to happen it happens <laughs> yes and i hope for that baby's sake that more than that happens for him because i i love him he's so adorable and cute and i just want to feed him and hug him and give him good mother energy right like protect i do i do i want to protect him i want to be like don't you talk to him like that shut up you yeah. know right let him <laughs> wear his fucking cowboy hat well i'm from king an asshole I don't know where he's from, but I'm from Kansas. And so I'm like, baby, I see you. I see Mm. you. And that that's a row. To be that, for whatever reason, to be that and to be under the rainbow umbrella, I'm just, yeah, I want to protect him. I just want to cover him in love Mm -hmm. and ease and creativity and wish him all the best. All the best. You know, we we talked about who you are. We talked about the things that we wanted to talk about that we've been fucking with and what's been giving us joy and pleasure, really, Mm -hmm. um, in these times. But I really want to talk about in terms of the work that you do and what you offer to the world, which gives joy and pleasure. What is your ministry? I am always, always doing readings and I love connecting with people that way. And it's a blessing, actually, because especially when I it's somebody that I work with, you know, I have many folks I've been working with for four or even five years Mm -hmm. of doing readings for them and watching them grow and change and watching them fulfill their own destinies is is beautiful to me so um i'm always loving and lovingly doing readings and so that's a thing to come to afromagic.com to to look into i have a quarantine quickie i usually anybody that knows me knows it's a long if you're going to have a reading with me is probably going to be substantial Mm-hmm. But I'm bringing back the 30 minute readings for the quarantine because a they cost less. They're thirty three dollars. It's not. It's hopefully not something that's you know is a burden for folks. So and I am really enjoying doing love and relationship readings that I started in. I mean I always did them, but I was. I don't know, given or I channeled these words. I don't know about English sometimes, (laughs) but I was given from wherever this spread that works out for doing readings for people's romantic lives. So it works beautifully for couples because it sets up one side and the other side and the ways that those connect. But it also can be more fluid if it's you as an individual that wants to know about patterns that need to be released um, where your romantic life is concerned, or you have uh, some of the folks that I'm doing this reading with are getting sex magic um, or doing sex magic themselves 
and sort of getting a sort of sexual, spiritual coaching. So it brings energy blockages and things like that. And I've really been enjoying that reading a lot. And so I decided to make it permanent and keep it around. So that's happening. And right now that's just 55. And then an hour for a general reading is 50 right now. And I also am very willing to barter and trade. I just did some readings for masks and for CBD. And I'm willing to talk about it if even if it's financially something that folks can't do. Just talk to me. We can talk about it. You know, um, there's many ways that aren't just money that are things that people have a value that we can exchange with one another, you know? Absolutely. So pretty much that. And then I'm going to start doing some more lives. I've, I've been doing lives and, and events that are more internet based, right? Like a thing actually Cindy and I are doing together behind the velvet rope. What's the date on the next one? Yes, that is a good plug. And I'm going to pull out my iCal in true form. So on May 27th at 1 p.m., this would be our second one behind the rope, Pleasure in a Pandemic. It's Lisa, myself, and other amazing sexologists, uh, Janae and Queen. I will put the information in our pod notes. It's a really like chill, laid back, hold space, and just have a conversation about what it's like to prioritize joy and pleasure when shit is all over the place. And, you know, we share tips and tools. And this time we're going to talk about sex toys. It is masturbation month. So we're going to talk about sex toys and DIY sex toys and ways that you can diversify your bonds where your personal pleasure is concerned. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) It's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. And then I'm going to have some some classes. I'm working out exactly how that's going to look. You know, if it's a webinar, I'm going to show up. I got my whiteboard, things of this nature. So I have to mm-hmm. translate all of that into digital. But I'm going to start a tarot class, stuff about crystals and protection and starting your own personal spiritual slash magical practice at home. That's awesome. I think I would love to have you on the show again, specifically to just talk about you and your work and also like dive into like, what is sex magic or how do we tie our sexuality and spirituality together? Because I know there are going to be some folks that are listening. They're like, wait, you're a sex educator and a healer and a tarot reader. How does that all come together? And you'd be surprised the powerful work that gets done. A lot of your clients that come specifically for readings, but end up getting sex coaching or end up getting some type of education. Absolutely. Because it's all, and you know, I resisted that for so long and I was getting that message from spirit that, you know, you got to put the sex and the spirit together. And I was like, no, 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 they're separate, but they're not because they're both in me And so it really does happen and it comes up in readings. I know that I'm not the only one for whom it does, but I have heard multiple times from folks that get readings from me that they have never had sexuality come up in a reading before. They have never been encouraged to explore cultivating sexual energy for healing and manifestation in themselves before. They've never heard people talk about crystals 
for healing from sexual trauma, for instance, Mm -hmm. or even knowing that sexual trauma would come up in readings. That's another thing. I've been getting a message about putting tarot and the trauma together into a workshop as well. So there's all kinds of stuff happening and keeping happening. So anybody who comes to afromagic.com, if you sign up for the newsletter or subscribe or whatever, I will keep you abreast and, you know, you can get discounts and free things. And I'm not a spammer. You're not going to hear from me. Like, like I've literally been getting multiple emails from some people in one day. And I, I don't believe in that. I hate that. Mm-hmm, shit, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to spam you or fill your, your inbox up with a lot of crap. No, no. And to me, you being in the inbox has never been crap. Like I, I'm, I subscribe and I get the little nuggets of goodness. And I think what I appreciate most too, again, going back to that niche stuff, I really want to like shout you out because the fact that you're connecting sexuality and trauma and tarot and healing, and then have the depth and the understanding of that nuance and understanding that there are folks in relationships that are not monogamous and folks that are into kink mm-hmm. and having you know, for your clients to have a space or a person to be like, oh, I can talk about that stuff with you. Like, this is not just what's happening in my life, but also like, I don't have to worry about a judgment or a shame to share these things with you. It's powerful. I I want it to be a safe space for alternative loving, for sex workers, for kinksters, for anybody, anybody. I even do aftercare after some Mm. of the readings because we we do get into trauma and we get into like stuff and some people need a little extra 15, 20 minutes after a reading is over to process, to be held, to cry and laugh. And I'm willing to do that. It's not just about these are the dollars for these minutes. Mm, mm-hmm, That's not mm-hmm. how I work. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you so much again. Hit her up, afromagic.com, afromagic on everything. I will put all the information in the podcast notes. I know that listeners are going to want to hear from you again. So aside from reaching out to you, I definitely would love to have you again. And we can talk and make magic happen and share a little bit of our unapologetic dialogues with the listener. (laughs) Just a little. It It gets real... Real saucy and real, you know, controversial, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) It's a good time, right? It's always a pleasure to connect with Lisa. And I can't wait to have her back on where we get to talk more about her and her work and all the other shit that we love to talk about. I wanted to give an FYI that we had mentioned behind the velvet rope part two. We have postponed it. It's no longer on May 27th and I will give you updates on the date. That is Lisa of Afro Magic along with myself, sister sexologist, queen, and black angel moms, Janae. Stay connected with me on Twitter instagram or facebook at my whole government cindy lee alves let's talk about uh, what resonated for you on the show and if you peeped all the teachable moments that are baked right in stay updated on upcoming events like my virtual workshops or the next behind the velvet rope head on over to cindy lee alves subscribe to my newsletter thank you again for listening stay great Shit.